David, a shepherd, leaves his sheep and joins the men of Israel as they prepare to fight the Philistines. Although he is small in stature, he is willing to confront the giant Goliath. A reading from the first book of Samuel. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had greaves of bronze on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I, am I not a Philistine, and you are not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then I will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, Today I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, took the provisions, and went as Jesse had commanded him. He came to the encampment as the army was going forth to the battle line, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage, ran to the ranks, and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. David said to Saul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came, and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord, who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor, and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi 
and placed them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me, to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army to this, this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth, so, this, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear. For the battle is in the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew nearer to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Please stand and sing together Psalm 9, the portion of Psalm 9 found on page 5 of your service booklet. Thank you. 
hardships he has endured for the sake of the gospel and urges the disciples to open their hearts to a relationship with God. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children, open wide your hearts also. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory Glory to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. Holy Spirit of God, by your loving presence, make my words your word to us, so that all that we may hear and receive is from you. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Think of yourself in a caravan about sunset, sitting around the campfire with other folks in that caravan and listening to stories. The story that Pam read might have been one of those stories that you would have heard 
It wasn't a going to sleep story. It was an exciting story. And it would go on and on and on, just like Pam. Went on and on and on. We don't usually have that story in our lectionary, and we do now, and it's wonderful to hear it again. Which is your preference? Panic or calm? <coughs> At moments of personal, times of personal crisis in your own life, is it your practice to rush to communicate your panic to God? or allow God to fill you with God's calm. You heard the story of David, the young shepherd boy who went to fight the fierce, strong Goliath, that, in, that imposing warrior. From the get-go, as the saying goes, David knew that he could take that giant down. He had taken down the bear and the lion in the wilderness, I love that line from the story where it said he would grab it from the mouth of the bear or lion and they, if they turned against him, he would kill them. We can't take things from our dog, JJ. <laughs> he gets mildly upset. I can imagine the bear and the lion. David trusted that God, who had helped him in the past with bear and lion, would help him in the present with that giant Goliath. King Saul and his soldiers were mildly afraid. David wasn't. He went out with his shepherd's gear, placed a stone in a sling, a smooth stone, we are told. I love the way they tell stories, the details. A smooth stone, five smooth stones. Slung one of the fierce Goliath and fell dead on the spot. It left out the best part of the story, though, Pam. He beheaded Goliath held his head up for all to see. David did not panic before that life-threatening crisis. Well, now we have the disciples in the storm on the Sea of Galilee, which is not uncommon in that place. The Sea of Galilee is 700 feet below sea level, and winds rush down that corridor of mountains and cliffs and cause immediate you can't anticipate them. You can't see them coming. Immediate storms. Now remember that four of at least four of the disciples were, were seasoned fishermen. They had been on, in storms on the sea before and on the Sea of Galilee. But this wasn't a usual storm. What's that TV show about the perfect storm? Is that what it's called, the perfect storm? This was the perfect storm 10 plus, if you will. If you go into a wave with a boat like theirs that is higher and the boat is long, it's going to go front end over back to end and be in capsize. If a wave hits you from the side that is higher than your, than your boat is wide, it's going to capsize. And these disciples in that boat knew that they were in deep trouble. So they call out to Jesus, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They still call him Teacher at this point, in spite of all that's been done before. Jesus wakes up, rebukes the wind and the sea, and says, Peace, be still, and there's total calm. And guess what? 
they're still afraid. Who is this that even the sea and the wind obey him? A better translation is, who is this that does this? They're in awe. They are afraid. They are afraid of Jesus now as they were afraid of the storm before. Why? He can't just be a teacher. God is either with him in a particular special way or he is God here among us. And if he's got God here among us, we can die. See God face to face is to die. So they are afraid. They don't rejoice. If you look back on the various and sundry crises in your own life, does that, did that crisis make you more afraid than you ever had been before, or did you wait for God to calm your fears in the midst of that storm, to calm you? In the next crisis storm of your life, if there is one, and hopefully there's not, but if there is one, stop, take ten deep breaths, with each breath say Jesus' words to you, or imagine hearing those words, peace be still. With each breath as you say that, realize that Jesus is talking to you in the midst of that storm, that crisis. Not to the crisis, but to you. There's a last word this morning in this Gospel of Mark. The disciples go from this storm at sea event to see Jesus healed, heal a man possessed with legions of demons, to see Jesus raise a girl from the grips of death, to see Jesus heal a woman with a hemorrhage of many years, see Jesus exercise a demon from a Gentile woman's daughter. They see him feed 4,000 and 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish and cure a man born blind. With each of those events, they get it for a while and then they lose it. They get it, they lose it. It's only after the resurrection of Jesus with his presence among them as the resurrected Lord do they begin to get it and not lose it. And you and I are not unlike them. We get it, we lose it. We get it again for a minute and lose it again. And that's not a judgment on us, on any of us. That is simply our human condition responding to the quick changes of life and life situation. I once asked an experienced priest many years ago, when will we get it? When will we catch on to what God has been doing and, 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 and be able to trust God in the present and the future? And that wise priest said, whenever, whenever, do you and I dare let God of whenever do God's work and calm us in the moment. David, a shepherd boy, did and went on. The disciples finally were able to and moved on. And so can we. When? Whenever. Amen.